Welcome to the Odds Checker Cheltenham Preview Podcast. I'm joined by Cheltenham Festival winning jockey Nick Schofield, who is also an Odds Checker ambassador. I'm joined by Harry Whittington, trainer of three Cheltenham hopefuls this year. Uh, Andy Holding, our, re- our resident tipster, and uh, Mike Spence, who is a pro punter and owns a couple of runners, although none on the Friday, which is the day we're going to be going for today. So don't be too downhearted if he's not quite as vocal. Um, starting off with the triumph, and to my untrained eye, this looks like a hell of a race and, and a tricky one to call. I think it's a brilliant race. It's, it's incredibly open. I think it's, I think it's a classier race than, than we've had for a few years. Um, but without a real standout at the same time, I think there's the, the, the overall quality of the race is probably a better race than usual. Um, I actually think that the best form here might be through Farclat, who's a jukebox jury gelding with Gordon Elliott, who's, who's running two graded races. He's, he's very highly regarded. Um, I mentioned it in one of the other podcasts, the one for the Wednesday, that if you were to watch the split screens of the juvenile race from the Leopardstown meeting, that Farclaw was second in at the same time as watching Sam Crows. They, they near enough hurdle every hurdle at the same time, and, and the juveniles are right upside Sam Crow when they cross the line. Um, the obvious question is now, why am I not putting up Mr. Adjudicator? But I do think that Cheltenham will suit Farclaw more than it suits Mr. Adjudicator. Uh, Apple Shakira is obviously an incredibly promising sort. She looks very good, and I know she's very highly regarded, but I, th- I think Farclat will run his race. I, th- I think he'll be... I'd be very surprised if him and... I think he's a more consistent sort than Mr. Adjudicator, so he, he would be the one that might flop out the bag. But I think is very tough. I think he's very consistent. And I think he'll run a very big race in the Triumph on the Friday. Farclat is 8-1 to one with a few firms, Skybet and Hills amongst them. Skybet, non-runner, no bet. The other ones you can do, uh, get that with 188, 888 and bet Victor be probably don't need it because you think he's probably going to run um, Andy how do you approach this triumph um, well, that's one of the usually the best trials the spring juveniles throwing you know winners down the years like Arcona they usually go a good galloping it's a grade one um, and it was running at a decent pace as Mike's already pointed out I got exactly the same set of numbers it was similar to Sam Crow so they're obviously two very good juveniles um, but I also agree with Mike with um, at the two Farclar he reminds me of Tiger Roll, who got beat in that race before he went on to triumph at Cheltenham. I just think the track will suit him better. And he, he kind of took the running up a little bit too early for him as well. He was almost in front too long. Um, he ran a race back to front like he did the time before when he came off the pace behind um, Espoir Dallan. So I think he's a big player. Uh, however, I do think the horse didn't run in the spring juvenile, missed the gig, because th- I think she had a runny nose. It was um, Willie Mullins' horse, Stormy Island. Mm. Um, I've backed this horse at big prices ever since she won first time out. She won by 57 wickets. It's an unbelievable amount of distance um, uh, first time out. You, you could say, well, everything else must have been rubbish. But her time figure that day was absolutely unbelievable. Propelled her by a mile to the head of my speed figures for juvenile. And even though she's only had one run, she's done a time in keeping with what I normally get trying for her to win as doing. Um, and there's a potential of obviously her improving even more. She's got a much better time figures. Uh, time figure just with one run than Apple Shakira's done in three, um, and she's available to back at almost double or treble the price. Um, so I'm a big fan of her. Um, I certainly wouldn't rule out We Have a Dream. He, he's the opposite. He's a little terrier, a little street fighter. Uh, he did well to beat Sussex Ranger when he when he won the Grade One at Chepstow. Um, he, he's a he's a good hurdler, very sharp, uh, and I think he'll go well. So 
I'd be very, very keen to take on Apple Shakir if I was a bookmaker because I think you've got Farclan, Mr. Adjudicator, We Have a Dream, and Stormy Island, who's going to be taking, into, taking these into areas where they're not used to. Um, so I, I've, I've backed We Have a Dream at a massive price, and I've also backed Stormy Island. We Have a Dream is 9-1 to one now with Betfair. Stormy Island, best price, 8-1. to one. Interestingly, we do a, um, a competition with bookmakers, traders, uh, where we ask them all to, um, to, to, you know, we give them a certain allocation of points and they choose their antipost uh, bets. And Bet365 allocated eight of their points, an eight-point win, till we have a dream. And, and, you know, fittingly, they go five to one. So obviously some other people out there agreeing with you there. Um, I just want to touch on a couple of other horses. Um, uh, Saldia was obviously an interesting horse who won first time out for Willie, Mullin, Willie Mullins the other day. I want to know how you guys... Absolute desperate time. Desperate if time. that wins the Triumph I'll eat that mic. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Rhodesian, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You yeah. know, I, I think Alan King knows what it, you know, a good juvenile is, and he's had plenty over the years. And um, you know, I know how much he hold, holds this uh, horse in high regard. So, um, you know, he's got he's got plenty of gears, hasn't he? And he's straightforward, and um, you know, settles well. I suppose the jumping was the question mark, but he was much better Did the last day. And he's just. Um, I thought he, I thought he, I thought he was, you know, good enough to be able to, um, you know, jump round in the triumph. And I just really like him. I, I, you know, I think he's got a lot of class and um, uh, been really impressed with him. And I think he'll run a big race. Nick, yeah, I think you need a proper stir for this race. Um, you know, Sarkander's obviously gone the same route um, as Redition did when in the Adonis coming on to um, thing. And I thought his jumper was adequate and. The the tri- for me the triumph hurdle you don't need a horse you need a horse to jump well but it's not such a, a setter you only jump two hurdles in the last three furlongs or four furlongs so you can get away with sort of missing a hurdle and still being it's a very long run two out to the last um, but I've just been massively impressed by Apple Shakira um, the way she's she seems the further the race goes the better she gets and um, I just can you know I just can't just visually she's just been really impressed me and um just speaking to a few of the 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 henderson lads at home you know that she's held in massive regards and um i can see you know jb manis winning this race last this year as as he did last year nearly 30 lengths in the three races uh, winning distance combined uh, here unsurprisingly given the state of the race between us i think we have basically tipped up every single horse at the top of the market so good luck listener picking the winner there but strong cases made for a fair few um county hurdle now i you know again have little, little to say so uh, gonna open up to you guys to tell me where where we should be looking hunter's cool surely still got a stone in hand yes i remember yeah we spoke about this if he gets in coming to you so harry this is your nap, nap of the day should get in shouldn't he andy i think i think um i think he was awesome at ascot and um you know ollie murphy obviously is having a fantastic first season um, training and um, you know he obviously knows um, you know what he's doing because he's obviously learned from a master as well but um, you know I just thought he you know he looked very well handicapped at Ascot did it very well um, I believe that Jack Kennedy keeps the ride um, so I've been told um, he's he's I think he's asked Mr Elliot and and Mr O'Leary if he can ride Hunter's Call and I, I believe that is the plan so I still think he's got plenty in hand I think he's the one to beat 10 to 1 he is uh, generally been clipped into eights in a few places so that could be one to to get on before and I think he's a little bit under on the exchange as well so that 10s may not last for too long 
Um, Mike, can you, anyone quick catch your eye? Hunter's core caught my eye, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, if he gets in, obviously, if you back him now and he doesn't get in, you get your money back so as long as they intend to run, <clears> which they will, as long as he's not injured. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it's a, such a hard race. It's not really a betting, betting race for me, but if one horse did stand out, it, it was Hunter's call. I thought that was a very competitive race that he won very impressively at Ascot. Yeah. And he's, he's going there. They haven't run him in between, have they? They've no, just exactly, gone, okay, yeah. we'll keep him. Some... Kept him fresh, saved his mark. Yeah. Perfect. And yeah, as, as Harry said, I believe that Jack Kennedy's keeping the ride as well, which shows the. Yeah. The confidence, oh, yeah. yeah, the regard in which he's held. Did Elgin finish fifth in that race? Hunter score put me massively on the spot. Sorry, now, I'm so just I'll, throwing I'll, it out I'll, there. I'll, 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 just, <laughs> I'll just talk. Yeah, I think he did. If that's think, the case, the did, form yeah. is obviously very good. Silver Streak was, I think, was the horse that was yeah. second. Yeah. I think Elgin was fifth. Elgin was yeah, favourite. Yeah, favourite. Elgin has gone on to win the the um, race at um, Kingwell. Kingwell. Yeah. So yeah, he travelled great. He quick. He stayed on well. Elgin sixth. Yeah. About about. Yeah. Six, seven, it looked very good round. The handicap wasn't overly harsh. I think right. he got up. It wasn't, I can't remember what he did go up, but he, he went up. What he could go no. up. Yeah, three, seven. Almost not high enough for the purposes yeah. of this race, yeah. Yeah. if he doesn't get in. But I reckon the race will cut it quite, quite considerably. Just a couple of novices to mention. They're not necessarily county hurdle types because it often goes to a battle hard and handicap. But that, what's wrong with you? I can remember the name oh, of yeah. now. Uh, he beat OK Corral and 33 is a bit the, the, the reason I think he could be a very smart horse is the day when he won at Newbury they spent probably about five or six seconds before the, they actually jumped off that day so his overall figure was a little bit distorted compared to Kalashnikov but I timed that timed all the runners in the handicap and compared it to uh, what's wrong with you when they went past the path going past the stands to the line and the Henderson horse was quicker than Kalashnikov so he's run a rapid last circuit, yeah. even though it took him a while to get to that point. So it showed me that he's a, he's a horse of the highest quality. And there's a horse from Willie Mullins called Sands End, who's entered in a multitude of races. I think he's in the, um, I think he might even be, no, he's not in the Albert Bartle. I think he's still in the two novice races, but he's also in the Handicap and, and the Martin Pike. But he bit a horse for Jessica Hounds called Forge Meadow, who's a very useful mare. Uh, and Forge Meadow's won since. So I'd be... I'd be interested to see what race Willie Mullins decides to run him in. Um, but they're just two novices, I think, could be uh, very well handicapped. Interesting. Looks like a bit of a minefield. Um, Nick, how have you kind of approached this from that um, perspective? I'm just going to go for a bit of a bigger price. Flying Tiger. Um, Nick Williams, very clever trainer. Um, what obviously won the Fred Winter last year is crying out for a fast run handicap. Um, it's six pound higher than when he won the Fred Winter, but I think the new course has uh, played massively into his strengths. And speaking to Dickey after Wincanton, the elite hurdle, um, the Kingwell hurdle the other day, uh, he's just crying out for better ground. So um, if he gets that bit better ground, I could just see him coming from the back and running it on into a place. He's about 20 to 1 with uh, Boyle Sports and, and some bets there. So a few, a few darts in the, uh, in the county hurdle there. Um, on to the Albert Bartlett now, the obviously the third of the um, novice hurdle races over three. Um, looks again like a pretty, yeah, pretty difficult one to call. Some some smart types in there, and, and, and more good, interesting runners for uh, for Nicky Henderson. Yeah, it looks the most competitive novice hurdle of the three. I think on the three weight for age races on, over the week. I mean, Sam Crow sit and on the blind side have scared 
a lot of runners off there and, it, and anything that sort of had half a chance is, isn't seemingly running in the Ballymore and they're going there. So it's not a bad race. It's a very, it's not a very, it's not a top, top yeah, class yeah. race, but it's probably a very good renewal of the Albert Bartlett, which is never the better race of the three anyway. Um, geez, I, I wouldn't know where to start. I'd be amazed if, if it's not about seven to one the field on the day and, and everything that's the price it is now isn't bigger. I mean, there's the one that caught my eye was Tower Bridge, which is JP Horse, which they're talking about supplementing. Um, I mean, the, the favourite cracking smart has a very solid chance. I mean, he's run over, I think he's run over two and a half, three times now, and really run as if three miles will suit. Um, and Gignazan have got a very good record in the race. I, I think he'll be a, a solid and worthy favourite on the day, but it's going to be such a competitive race that I wouldn't want to be having a bet at this this far out, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I've said I wouldn't say anything, but my, you know, the one, I think Chef Tezobo, if, if, if the ground is, is, is on the soft side, um, won't be the price. There's 9 to 1 available now, and that strikes me as, as, as a fairly decent crack. Um, Andy, who are you looking at here? I do think Chef Tezobo has got probably most potential going forward of this field. I think he's going to be a hell of a chaser than what you guys think. Yeah, um, covers the ground, um, you know, pulverised his field at Haydock. I backed the second horse and he was off the bridle, yep. virtually in the parade ring. It was incredible. <laughs> um, obviously, a lot depends on where next de next destination goes. If he doesn't go here and runs well in the Ballymore, then that will fr frank the form, boost the form for uh, Cracking Smart. Um, uh, Santini's um, a horse I like, but... How Black Op didn't beat him at Cheltenham last time out is a mystery. Yeah. I mean, he, he travelled like the best horse in the race. He, I mean, Tom Scudamore said one, two, three, and the horse went four. Uh, when he, and he landed on all fours, lost his momentum right at that bottom, and then he had to get up again. And mm. he should have won that day, Black Op. But he's a really nice horse. He's deceptively quick, Black Op. He's got a lovely, long, lolloping stride, but he goes a good gallop. And he's entered in the Ballymore. I'm not sure what Tom George is going to do yet. Um, but whatever happens with Black Op, I think he's a horse to be very, very interested in. Black Op, 20 to 1 with Betfair. Um, any other of these uh, novice hurdlers take our, you know, take our uh, I've won on a few horses. Ernest Coffey Oscar won the grade two at Doncaster and Paisley Park um, comes second uh, in the Warwick behind Mr. Whipped and second at Donny in a novice hurdle. Two nice horses that stay very well. Um, I can see them actually running into a place. Um, they're both improving with each run as Emma's doing. They'll both appreciate the better ground. So um, I think they're about 33 to 1, both of them. 25 is, yeah, both. 25, both are 25s, yeah. yeah. So they're, 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 there wouldn't be much between either of them either. So um, I can see them, you know, Mr. Whip's half the price and Santini uh, that won the race at Cheltenham. Emma also had a horse in there that wouldn't be as good as the other two, really. Um, the Russia counter was going to finish third that day and fell at the last, but he wouldn't be as good as them too. So they're just going on that line of form. I could see them, you know, running well at the prices. And as I mentioned Paisley Park, yeah. you've ridden. He must have a hell of a engine to overcome the sort of novice errors yeah. he, he's been making. He's, yeah, hell of an engine. He wouldn't be the easiest in the fact he, he's, he'd have done plenty of schooling since now to a which he needs to because his jumping's not good enough. He on seems his to last look one. after himself a bit. Would that be a fair? Um, just comes, he, he, he sort of just wants to put an extra little stride yeah, in. Yeah, that'll come. But I'd say it was more novice. He wouldn't have jumped a load of hurdles oh, for yeah. his first run at Hereford and three of the hurdles were out that day. So mm. he had, and then he was chucked into a grade two. Yeah. So, um, like, 
he, he he's a lot better than what you know yeah he's improving with each run and he's got high cruising speed his jumping that's the only thing that needs to brush up but yeah. i think that he's done a lot more since his last run to this run so mm. good yeah any more to add or run to the big one um well I, I was with Tom George a couple of days ago at the Cheltenham conference, and he was saying that he, you know, Black Hop is has an awful lot of speed as well. So um, he'd be keener to run him in the Ballymore, but obviously him, you know, he'll make the decision with the owner. But um, the, the Henderson camper is quite funny because they're very, very 50-50 between the camp between Santini and um, Chef de Zobo. Uh, so you know, it's quite funny because they would very much be um, split. Um, between them all, um, I know they think an awful lot of Santini as well. So, um, very interesting couple of runners, interesting race because it, you know, it is very open. So, presumably with those two, it's probably ground dependent, isn't it? Santini's probably the yeah, better yeah, on, on yeah, good ground and, and vice yeah, versa. Exactly. We haven't talked about ground much, have we? What, what, no. what is what is it? What's it favourite to be? I mean, Simon Clace we Wednesday. Yeah. It'd be good ground by the Friday. Well, more likely to be better it's on the best side. Guess, yeah, isn't it, so. this start. Especially with this. They, with this Simon Clays was saying he was he, he thinks it's going to be more like soft on the first day. Really? Yeah. 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 With all the, they've had a lot of snow there, um, yeah. and then that's going to get into the ground, and they've got a lot of rain forecast next week. So. Yeah. Um, Sounds dangerous. It's <laughs> good for you in the Arkle, mate. Yeah, very good. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I was slightly he just rejoicing telling, behind <laughs> Is he telling you that so you run? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he was telling all of us to be fair. So. Um, so moving on now to the big one, um, the Gold Cup. Uh, just go through the market quickly. You've got Mike Bite is the favourite at four to one. Uh, Native River at thirteen to two. That stand out with Betfair. Seems to be saying that a lot today. Um, Sizing John seven to one with Sporting Bet. R Duke ten to one with Sporting Bet. Rotor Respect also tens. Uh, Kotalovic tens across the board and about twenty to one bar. Uh, it's it, it, hard to say whether or not it's you know it's a it's a good goal cup. Probably not. Having said that, Mike Bite represents decent form at fours. I, I think so. I think he's an absolute freak, Mike Bite. I, I mean, I just think the way he does that, he, he, he was idling hugely when he won the if he RSA. Wasn't, if, he, if he wasn't so quirky, he would just be, you know, I think, yeah, the biggest monster I ever. I think he's he? an absolute aeroplane. <laughs> he's, his, he's his own worst enemy almost, I think so, he? and I don't think or he was father, tired in the King yeah, George. Yeah, you know? exactly, Scorpion, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, argue the, with the that. Thing was, I was, before, um, before the King George, I spoke to Nico about him. And he and he basically said that he's you know he's not quirky like it's it's just that one that that one last year. Are always positive. Right? And then yeah. Yeah, but then you see what happens. So I think there seems to be. A he's keeping, he's trying to keep the ride on it. <laughs> yeah, there's a theory that he's just on the race course. Um, I mean, you'd know more than me about you, the character of these horses. But well, how do you define quirky? I mean, his sire is renowned as quirky. Yeah, exactly. He's he is a quirk. He, he would be if he's pulling one. himself up. Uh, yeah. running, he is a quirk. Um, you can't. I don't think you can argue with that. But. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Native River fan, personally. I just think it was one race too far last year. He won a Hennessy and Welsh a Welsh National. National so impressively, and that must have taken a hell of a lot out of him. Um, so I felt that he, his, run in the, his run in the Gold Cup, even finishing third, wasn't his true running. And um, uh, it's all about being, being about the Gold Cup this year. And um, I thought his prep run was outstanding the other day. And I just, you know, I... I I, my preview evenings last season, I was all over Native River, but obviously, you know, worried about the fact he's had such hard races. But this year is his year, I think. Yeah, so thirteen to two is stand up with with, uh, with Betfair. Andy, how are you approaching this one? Um, yeah, Harry's virtually read my script with, with, with <laughs> Native River. I did all that work. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, I think the Tizards learned their lesson from last year. Obviously, mm. they started off as a handicap and they went through the handicap route quite rightly. Welsh mm. National, blah blah blah. But he had a 
he had a hell of a lot of hard races, um, and it just slightly took its toll in the Gold Cup. I mean, he ran well, and he finished third yeah. in, behind, um, you know, a good winner, um, Sergeant John. Um, but I think they've sat down and thought, right, we're going to leave the early part of the season alone. We're just going to give him one run just to put an edge on him. And his one run was a very good one. It might have only been a three-runner race, but he ran the last circuit exactly the same time as Altior did in winning the game spirit. I think it was 3.17.5, 3.17.3. So it's showing you that he was running at two-mile championship pace on the last circuit. And he absolutely broke the heart of that very good horse of Malcolm Jefferson's. Um, the grey, the cloudy grey, dream, cloudy, cloudy who dream. looked as though he was just going to come and take him down the straight, uh, but he just couldn't keep up in the end. Um, a lot of people thought he didn't stay, but it was the fact that Native River completely you know, mm. sucked the life out of him. So we know he goes around Cheltenham, he was second behind Milena Rocco over four miles, but the key is he's fresh. A lot of these have had hard, hard races this season. Um, I respect Mike Bythe, but three mile two around here if it was soft I think you've, all, you've always got to have it at the back of your mind is that the kind of test that he would want he's never really run on bottomless ground over a stiffer track over a trip like that so it's alright to know he is the best horse but under any conditions any good horse like that can get found out um, I do think our Duke's a massive player um, he did really well to overcome a bad mistake at Gowron He's not, he's not a bad jumper, but for some reason he just took his half the ball there. I think he would have won the, the, the three-mile race at Leopardstown had he not rubbed... Robbie, Robbie Power kind of like just didn't really know what to do coming to that fence. He was in front, he thought, shall I sit, shall I not? And the horse kind of just went, got in tight and he slipped on landing. It, it wasn't um, necessarily a bad blunder. But if, if he jumps a clear round, we saw what he did in the Irish National. Um, he's a very, very good horse, I Duke, and he's not devoid of speed as well. He was second to flow, um, Disco in the flow glass last year. So those have been my two against the field, um, Arduke and Native River. Arduke 10 to 1, Native River 13 to 2. A word on sizing John now, obviously, last year's uh, winner, a, a poor um, run last time out. 7 to 1, the same price he went off last year. Do we see any, any interest there at all? You have to Can't respect, he, he, he yeah. did win last year, you have to respect him, you know. Um, yeah. And I think Robbie Power was always going to ride him over our Duke. One, he's probably retained by the owner, and two, it was last year's Gold Cup winner. So you have to, um, but you have to respect him. He's been there and done it on the big stage, and you know he, you have to give him that. But on like what we've seen this year, you, you can't really go with him, can you? It is so difficult for horses to go back to back. I mean, yeah. you know, Corto couldn't do it, Denman couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to go back to best mate, really, to see it's, it just really does yeah. take its toll. It's a brutal race, and stats are not in his favour. Stats are definitely not in his favour. And he kind of got away with the three mile two last year because it was nice ground. I'm not saying you know, he, he, he doesn't completely stay, but if it was a real proper test, uh, and given that he got found out last time, I'd have my, I'd have my doubts. I'd sooner back our Duke at a bigger price. And are we forgetting Ed Wolf? Yeah, well, I, was, I was about to say, yeah. the Lazarus horse. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, and yeah, given absolutely. a great ride that way by Derek O'Connor, I can see him doing the same. And if Mike Bite and Native River and our Duke took each other on up front, it's for him to come and pick up the pieces, isn't it? Yeah, Ed, Ed Wolf is 25 to 1, obviously much, much shorter than he was a couple of, uh, couple of months ago. Um, anyone, anyone else at bigger prices we can see getting involved? Not, no. No, not really, no. No, it's I think it might buy. I, I, I like him, but I'd almost rather see him in the in the Ryanair. I think you 
it's a valid point about the trip and he races so exuberantly but mm. I think it, it, for me it's not really a betting race but yeah. it would be a fascinating race mm. yeah we haven't mentioned um, Kudolta Vic have we who probably would have oh, yeah, won exactly. had he not fallen last time mm. yeah. uh, but that's the problem with him he he has got a serious issue when the fence is... It's almost sometimes you, you blindfold him. <laughs> I mean, he, he made about five or six horrendous howlers over hurdles the time before when he won uh, and still managed to, to be victorious. But yeah, it's, it's been quite entertaining. Also, that's very entertaining, yeah. Not if you back him at a short price. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a cracking Gold Cup. I think, I think you know, OK, yeah, it's, it's devoid of a little bit of, uh, of a marquee name yeah. other than the favourite. Um, but it, it's nonetheless a fascinating, more fascinating. Right. Uh, there is a Gold Cup preview. Um, I think Native River seems to be the one people are leaning towards with a, with a nod to Mike Bite as being a worthy favourite. Um, on to the Fox Hunters now. We are on the home stretch in our podcast here on finally going up that hill. Um, but Fox Hunters, again, it's not one that uh, I think we can really dig down deep into. So just going to ask you guys if there's any, any horses that we should keep an eye on. I'm a West Country boy, so um, <laughs> I hear a lot about the points points around us. And the big talking horse is Kater Burley. Um, originally with Paul Nichols and his, I shouldn't say this, but more or less Paul Nichols, but it's not actually in his name. Rose Loxton, who's one of the head girls at Paul's yard, trains it in her lunchtime. So, <laughs> although I can't believe Paul, I can't believe Paul hasn't took it back into his yard yeah. and run it in his name, which he, he's done in previous years, but it is running in her name. He, Rose he, Loxton. Paul says his is his best chance of a winner of the week is wonderful charm. I know, yeah. which I was just, yeah, yeah, but I think actually Kate Burley between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. So Kater Burley has been rocking up and I think Will Biddick, who's champion mm. point to point rider, rides Kater Burley and he was That's a Paddy a Power course. winner or second in the Paddy Power off top weight so he's mm. a classy horse. Um, Paul says wonderful charm but the only thing is if the ground's going to come up soft mm. wonderful charm has always been affected by his wind and he right. needs proper good ground which he had last year when he was second but in my opinion when he got to Pasha de Polder he sort of stayed there you know he mm. didn't really go by so I think wonderful charm especially at 10 his wind's certainly not got any better so um, he, you know he's sure to be given a good ride by Sam Wiley Cohen but he's always had trouble with his wind and he needs better ground and he looks good rocking up in Musselburgh in four runner races beating proper hunters you know but I think when he's again just put his wing does catch him and I actually like Varak you know always he was sort of in no man's land as a handicap chaser he's sort of top end of the handicap not quite graded level and you know he's got Lorcan Williams riding good amateur up and coming amateur so I you know Kate Burley and Varak I think you know Paul Nichols it saved him last year from to get a winner and whether it's the Rose Doxons this name <laughs> or, or Paul Nichols is, but I think they're, they're you know certainly um, they'll be thereabouts in the finish. Cade Burley is twelve to one. That's with Hills and Betfair, which seems like a big price. Virac fourteen to one. Um, Paul, I just wanted to ask you guys about because it was a fascinating uh, kind of gamble, I guess. Um, Warden Hill that beat Pasha de Pol the other day opened up forty to one the night before and went off twos. Um, trained by Mrs. H. Connors, owned by John Chatfield-Roberts and ridden by Mr. Chatfield-Roberts' son. Uh, went off 100-1 to 1 last year and um, came nowhere and is now 33-1, to 1, having beaten Pasha de Polder. Um, and obviously, uh, you'd, you'd assume that people involved knew that the 40-1 to 1 probably wasn't, uh, wasn't a fair I price. think Pasha de Volga was probably vulnerable that day because he hadn't run for a long time, had difficult training prep, and the girl was having her first ride under rules. Yeah. Um, and... So the form probably looks better than what it actually was. Fair enough, that is me told. Um, <laughs> anyone else with the box under? No. 
No, strangely enough, I'm, I am got one of the few races I've got a, a strong opinion on. I don't, just don't follow the Hunter Chase. Come and live in the West Country here all about Yeah, I know, <laughs> I should do, yeah. I need, I need, some, need some lessons. Um, it's good to get that inside scoop, though, from Nick, because certainly it's a, it's, a, it's a race that's hard to really um, approach with much confidence. Um, on to the Martin Pipe now. Uh, all the money recently has been for Dortmund Park. I'm going to ask you guys if there's anything, anyone you fancy, anyone you're looking at. The thing to mention here is that Gordon Elliott's always hungry to win this race, obviously being the ex-pupil of uh, Martin Pipe. He's had a, a gazillion attempts at it, and he finally won it last year with um, classic... Um, oh, what it was called. I can't remember its name now. Um, so Dortmund Park is definitely one to consider. He was fourth in a, a reasonable graded race last time out behind Tower Bridge, but he's got the kind of profile that would suggest that um, he, he will go well. He's got a touch of class. And also... But, Willie Mullins has got a good record in this race. Bearing in mind he's won it with Sir de Gruzzi, Don Polly and Kalutovic, who've got, all gone on to be grade one chasers. Um, he only usually runs his best novices in this, uh, and he's got a whole multitude of horses. And that horse I mentioned early on, Sands End, yeah. he's one of them. Um, 20 to 1 Sands End. So just, yeah. it basically, just keep your eye on those two trainers. Dortmund Park would definitely be the pick of Gordon Elliott's and whatever Willie Mullins runs. Dortmund Park is 16 to 1, that's a bet fair, and 20 to 1 Sands End. Um, anyone, anyone else for any more? Dave Pope's bound to win it one year, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's only got Mr. Big Shot, so I'm going to say him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Big Shot is. Uh, 25 to 1, 365 in Skybet. He's got to win it one year. One year, one year, <laughs> 25 to 1. one yeah. <laughs> Make everyone uh, be a very popular winner. And last but possibly least, uh, going to look at the grand annual just, just to close. Um, again, anyone that you guys think we should be looking at here? Dandridge. It's a run, I mean, he always seems to run well in it. Arthur Moore's horse. Dandridge, 25 to 1. It's a bit better fair. It's such a hard race. Oh, this it is, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Um, Sam Benedetto, a horse that you know, Nick, that you've won on before. Yeah, won a grade one, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, probably the luckiest grade one ever, but... <laughs> um, Still a grade one. I personally think he's victim of his own success winning that grade one. He's rated one, five, four, is he? Five, six. Like, great horse, tough as old boots, but the handicapper, no. Like, if he were, like, he's just not handicapped to win the ball, you know, and he's not quite grade level. It's very hard for him. Perfect. And now we have it. We've gone through the whole week. And just to close, going to ask all of our experts here for their nap of Friday. Coming to you first, Nick. I'm going to go Kate Burley and the Fox Hunters. Kate Burley and the Fox Hunters. Like it. 12 to 1. Harry? Um, it's a split between Hunter's Call and Native River. Uh, I'll go with Hunter's Call, I think. Hunter's Call, 10 to 1 there. It gets in there. Uh, Mike, coming to you next. Farclay, strong each way there in the triumph hurdle. Farclay, eight, strong each way. And to close with, Oddschecker's resident tips to Andy Holding. Yeah, it's quite difficult to have a real dogmatic view on the last day without knowing exactly what the ground's going to be after uh, three days racing previously. Um, so I've, I've sat out quite a few of the races, but the strongest one I've bat, or the strongest viewer I've got is the triumph. Um, I'd be torn between Stormy Island and We Have a Dream. Having backed them both. So split stakes. So, eight, but out, eight, out, eight the, out of the two, if you, if you had to know my colours to the match, it'd be Stormy Island. Stormy Island at eight to one. And I'm going to say one because it's the last one. Shatterzobo, if, it, if the ground, if it's soft. You heard it here. So we're basically, yeah. So that comes to a close. The Odds Checker Cheltenham Preview Podcast. Thanks very much to you guys for listening. And thanks very much to the guests. Um, if you want to see our faces whilst we're doing this, you can look on YouTube and they'll be up there on Monday. Thank you.